0: 1990, September, I started at Carleton University. And I moved into residence there and uh, it was it was a big change in my life. I hadn't been away from my mom and dad, hadn't been away from my family, ever alone on my own, beyond over at a sleepover uh, at a friend's house. I had had experience with beer maybe once or twice before that. I had maybe had a little bit of alcohol at some point. I remember there was maybe one or two occasions when I was in high school where my friend, my best friend Mark, and I had maybe had a couple of drinks. But nothing big. I was for most, for the most part, Still an innocent when I went to university. But that's not what this is about. I still, I guess, well, maybe in the terms of the innocence, I still had not had a lot of experience in terms of music. And when I arrived, I was into, let's see, who was my... You know what? I did? I had had a lot of experience with music. What am I? Who am I kidding? But I think that I hadn't really developed my own taste is probably more appropriate. I had listened to the music that my parents listened to. I had listened to the parents that my brothers listened to. And so when I got to university in 1990, I, I got involved, involved with and met a lot of people who were especially in my uh, architecture class, who were kind of similar to me. Now, you got to remember this is before the age of the Internet, where one could find those who were like them very easily. It was quite difficult. There was essentially two other guys that I went to high school with, and I was very fortunate to at least have those two guys that were like me that I got along with that we hung out with so much and we shared common interests and we fed off each other I was very fortunate to have that but when I got to university I, I got a little bit more dialed in in terms of meeting people that really kind of understood how I thought because while my best friend's were my best friends up to that point, and they kind of got me. They always didn't quite totally understand the way I thought. When I got to university, and got into the School of Architecture, and met people there, that's when people, I think, started to get me a little bit more. I also met a guy when I was moving into residence who lived across the way from me. And I was... I think I was easily influenced. Um he was fascinating to me. He was uh he was a kid who uh had, he, I guess he had been he had some sort of relationship with the military. Um he was he wanted to be a pilot. And uh he went by basically he ended up getting the nickname as pilot on the floor but he was an interesting guy. He, he lived apparently in Ottawa. His parents lived in Ottawa, but he was living in residence because you're pretty much required at Carleton University to live in residence your first, first year. Not, it's not hundred percent, but they really like you too. So his name was Mike and Mike was an interesting cat. He, uh, he started off the year with sort of long blonde hair and was kind of quiet uh, but I kind of remember I kind of clocked him for a bit of a weirdo uh, he, was di- he was different from the rest of the people that lived on the floor he dressed in black he had uh, he, I think at that point he was wearing Doc Martens And then he kind of morphed into uh, he got involved in kind of the skinhead community and I found it fascinating I would ask him stories about it and he was on the side of the I believe what he was called was a sharp skinhead against racial profiling I believe it was or racial prejudice and He was the one that kind of uh, explained to me (laughs) all the different colors of shoelaces that one would wear in their docks. And I was, you know, I was, I was impressionable. Uh, And I kind of, I kind of followed along with him. I started to, I didn't go full bore. I didn't shave my whole head. I started to shave the sides of my head. I went out and I got a pair of Doc Martens. And, you know, he, he said, you know, we'll make sure you don't get white laces because white laces means you're a white supremacist. Yellow means yellow laces means uh, I, don't know. I think white yellow laces were like uh, you hate racists or something like that. And black black laces were just didn't really mean anything and stuff like that. But I basically started to follow along with his aesthetic where I wore the black jeans. I rolled them up tight. Uh, kind of gave them a, a side fold on the on the cuff, and then rolled them up to the top of the boots, so you could see the the full height of your Doc Martin boots. Mine went up, I don't know, to I think I had ten hole, maybe I had I had twelve hole docs. And and he f- introduced me to um, Bauhaus and Peter Murphy and. I immediately began to love Peter Murphy. There was another thing that was happening at the same time, was I was going to the School of Architecture and I was meeting a whole group of people, and there was another type of music that was starting to emerge at that time, and that was the rave culture music. It was the world of of electronica. That was the year that um the orb i believe it was that year maybe it was the year previous but it was that year that the orb released little fluffy little fluffy clouds or the what is it the oh boy i don't even remember what the name of the album was but um it was an amazing album and those two things worked together to really change my my musical taste I think or at least my musical experience and why am I talking about this because I was thinking about my earlier discussion about music or art that kind of has this glimpse into the, to, to the sublime the secrets of the universe and i was thinking well what what other what other music was there that, that to me kind of revealed itself as sort of being this crazy essential secret that that only you know very few people know about or those that know about it really know about it and understanding get it and there was a there those two artists the orb and peter murphy were two examples of artists that produced some songs that really to me seemed to uh, really seem from my perspective to be like these crazy secrets these well kept secrets that that people just must have known about but they didn't talk about they didn't share and and once you were in the club you kind of got it it's like the Illuminati of music (laughs) <laughs> so for me that was in in, the, uh, was it in uh, the orb there was perpetual dawn and little fluffy clouds now that, that probably had something to do with the fact that the first time I ever heard that I was on drugs and it was amazing it was an amazing experience and I couldn't stop listening to it and the Peter Murphy that came out was uh, it was a song called uh, "Cuts You," and there was something just about the again. It's this sort of uh, sonic space that is created by that track or in that track, where there is a depth to the to the song. There's uh, the, the the sound of his voice, the, the the way that the guitars work with the 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 whole rhythm section, it was just, it was a glimpse. It was a glimpse into something very secretive and very special. And uh, it felt, um, you know what, I guess it, it, it kind of felt like home, in a way. It was like, finally, I found, I found where I belonged. And even though in the sort of first couple weeks of being in university, I remember just basically... Being so so upset, so sad, crying for a week straight uh, about being away from home. But it wasn't until after that, you know, when I went home for, I think it was for by Thanksgiving, I had, I had totally assimilated. I had become, I had become Sluggo. At that point, I had gained the nickname. I had become somebody new, to the point that when I went home, I had my side of my head's side of my head shaved. I was wearing Doc Martens. I was wearing a, a an East German uh, army jacket. I was wearing black jeans. I was scruffy. I probably hadn't bathed in a while. I'd probably smoked a whole bunch of pot. And when I got off the plane in Windsor, my mother was there to pick me up. She was screaming, that's not my boy. That's that's not my Doug. And I thought it was kind of funny at the time, but I understand. I I understand what she was getting at. I was not the kid that she had sent away to university. Her baby, her baby was gone. When I looked into Clara's eyes this morning, as I just woke her up quickly before I left for work, gave her a kiss and told her I loved her, and I said to, you, to her, I hope you enjoy your summer. I hope you have a great summer this year. I said, you're almost nine. You've gonna You're going to have to change your some of your habits. I don't want you to spend your whole day watching videos on the iPad. I want you to help your mother. I want you to be helpful. But most of all, I want you to have fun this summer. And it was, as, as I said, you know, you're almost nine. I I even thought, I, I kind of don't think of her as being that old. I think of her as that, I don't know, four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old maybe. Just a youngster, just, just even younger. And as a baby, that I flash forward to probably nine years from now when she's going away at university. When she changes and she becomes her own person, when she really fully becomes the person that she is about to be. I still shave my head. I was never a full-on skinhead, but uh, during the the, the first couple years that uh, I was doing that, skinheads were in the news all over. It was, everybody thought that I was some sort of racist. Uh, I just did it because I thought it, it looked good. I have a good shaped head and it worked for me. I didn't have to wash my hair. I was up for nights on end at school, never re- never returning home. So it meant that I didn't have to wash my hair. I could have, I could have a clean head, and I could feel clean all the time. And I'll be the first to admit the reason why I did it was because I thought it looked cool. There was something about it; it made me look tougher than I was. And there was that was something that I was looking for. I had always been the smallest kid in the class. No one ever really sort of. No one ever sort of looked at me and thought, you know, that, that there was, you know, something tough about that kid. My, my very, very light colored blonde hair at that point was almost white. And for years that had kind of identified who I was and, and I didn't want to be that kid. I was known as, what did they call me? Whitey because my hair was so white and I wanted to get rid of that. And there was an opportunity. This, this guy across the way who, you know, he was, he was already, you know, he's the same age as me, but he was, he was already flying jets. He, he already had a political background to himself. He was involved. He, he recognized that there was a problem with racism and he wanted to fight it in whatever way he could. He, he loved Peter Murphy. I hadn't heard anything like that before that. He was deep which is what I want it to be. Anyway, I'm at work now. There you go. There's another episode for you. Hopefully you're listening to it on your way to to MMPR, maybe. Maybe that's what you're doing. Have you stored all these up and you're just listening to them as you uh, drive down the road on your way to MMPR? Is that what you're doing? Is it is it you, Michael? Virtual youper? Or is that you listening to this? If you stored them all up, oh boy, I hope hope it doesn't put you to sleep. Anyway, I'm going to put some music in. I think it's going to be a Peter Murphy track. I think it's going to be, uh, was it, Cuts You Up. I'll put that in here. Hope you have a great day or an hour or ten minutes or whatever until I talk to you again. Uh, if you're listening to this real time, hope you have a good weekend. Happy Canada Day. Uh, happy Fourth of July, I guess, because that, that'll be coming. Happy Independence Day. Uh, enjoy your weekend. I'm off to the baseball game tomorrow. And for now, I'm off to work. Okay, talk to you later. Cheers.
1: i